For NFT newbies and OGs in Web3 alike, welcome to the Women in Web3 podcast sponsored by Weld Recruiting. I'm your host, Carly Long, and I'm super excited to help break down the barriers to entry in the space and introduce you to some leaders who are doing truly amazing things. So let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Good morning. Today, we have Sarah Milby on the Women in Web3 podcast. Sarah is the Senior Policy Manager at the Blockchain Association. So Sarah, welcome. How are you doing today? You want to tell everyone where where you're headed, where you're recording from, because that is super exciting. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Carly, for having me. Um, I'm really excited to be here. I'm on my way to Iceland, so I'm in the airport, actually, but really excited to be able to join and talk about, you know, Web3 and all the opportunities there. I love it. We're we're happy to have you, and especially um, you know with the, with the travels that you're headed on. We're glad you made time. I'd like to start off by asking people how they got into this space. So, like, how did you first hear about Web three? What made you decide to be like, okay, yeah, I want to go dive off that deep end and take the risk of getting yeah. into this crazy space. Well, I think it all started, first of all, I really love to travel. um, And I spent six weeks in Madagascar five years ago. And most of the time was spent at a homestay family. And, you know, this, I met this wonderful woman who was studying English. And I came back to the United States and thought, well, wouldn't it be great if I could get her to be able to come to the US and visit so she could practice her English and return the favor since she hosted me, I'd love to host her. And this kind of set me off on a journey of trying to send her money to one, get a passport because you can't actually receive funds from Western Union unless you have a passport. And then to actually send her funds through Western Union. And it turned out to be this whole fiasco. And I realized, I was like, if I can be in Madagascar and have access to internet and she's, you know, singing Justin Bieber songs and whatever, but I can't send her any money, then like, what's going on? And so... I kind of fell into the space. I saw a lot of need for the ability to transact across borders in that way. And then was in school and took a class on socioeconomic theory and decided to write my thesis on the regulation of crypto. So I studied how the SEC was looking at crypto with all the kick cases. And um, and, uh, yeah, I basically just decided to dive in headfirst on the academic side after seeing the need kind of in real life. That is the coolest intro story that I've ever heard. I I love that. And it is such a neat, like real world application um, because, you know, you met a woman at an incredible homestay, but people also have like family members and friends who live in different countries. And so it's, it really is such a cool, easy point of, you know, we should be able to make these transactions easily to support one another. Yeah, definitely. And it just all the obstacles I feel like that were in the way on the financial side were what surprised me most because we talked on Facebook Messenger every day. So I'm like, it's not like a internet or communication problem. It's really like the financial side. So that's yeah. what I think frustrated me and drew me into the space and wanting to try to, you know, secure the ability for people to transact freely and easily. Um and start, you know, here in the United States and try to hopefully build it out to a more global application. I love that. Do you want to give people kind of a lay of the land of regulation and policy around Web3 and crypto and kind of 
where we're at and and maybe what needs to be done or what what you guys are looking at to to be done yeah definitely i think there's a lot going on in the space right now so it's a definitely exciting time to be following what's going on in regulation um i'm just going to preface i'm not a lawyer but i do work with lawyers all day long i'm mostly on the policy side uh and a lot of our work right now is centered around a few questions the first one is where are the risks in the crypto ecosystem that mirror you know, very closely those in the traditional financial system and how do those merit regulation? So is it, do you apply the same regulation or is crypto so unique that you need to actually tailor the regulation so that it fits the technology and its application? Um, and I think we're seeing this, I know we we're gonna talk about FTX a little bit, but seeing this play out, it's like FTX, was a centralized exchange. Like they were trading as a centralized entity and that presents a different risk than if you're using Uniswap or some other decentralized protocol. So how do we make sure that if regulators want to, you know, regulate the crypto space, that they're doing it correctly and taking into account that FTX does not operate and does not present the same risks as something like Uniswap does. And so a lot of my job right now is just thinking and trying to educate, you know, policymakers, lawmakers about, like, what are the risks and how can we differentiate centralized and decentralized entities? And I think that plays out in a lot of ways. Um, you know, one example is just the Securities and Exchange Commission. I feel like one question that's been going around for a long time is what is a security and what's not? And we're seeing that play out now. I think, you know, there are a few bills in Congress this year that are trying to address that question. You know, the SEC continues to move forward with, you know, enforcement actions against, you know, trying to create its own precedent for what is a security and what's not. So I think it's all over the place right now. I think all the different agencies and Congress are kind of trying to do their own thing. Um, so we're trying to like herd the cats and just get everyone on the same page. <laughs> it sounds like that is a massive job. I'm sure it might take a little while, but as, as you're working on it, I know you mentioned FTX and how it's a centralized exchange. I for for people who are listening, I I feel like decentralization is kind of a pillar of web3 or at least you think it is when you start like looking into web3. Um so people might have just thought, "Oh, well, FTX they're, you know, working in web3. They must be decentralized, right?" or or something like that. How what are ways that you would explain like to be able to look at something and see if it's decentralized or centralized? And then, I mean, you can, if you want to chat about FTX and kind of go into like the pros and cons of each. Yeah. So I think decentralization, in my opinion, probably exists on a spectrum. It's not black and white. Like, are you centralized or are you decentralized? Um, I think there are a lot of projects that might have started as kind of a centralized and have, you know, over time evolved to be more decentralized. So a great example of that is Ethereum. The Ethereum Foundation really helped set it up and, you know, the, there's like an initial offering of the ETH token, but now I don't think anyone would look at the Ethereum foundation and say that they control the Ethereum network. And I think that's the essential question is, is there an identifiable group controlling the network or who can take control of the network and do what it wants? And that's not the case in anything that's truly decentralized. And so I think there are a lot of good examples of that, but 
that's different from a centralized entity where you actually have to place your trust in the entity, whether that's you're custodying assets there. So it's kind of like a bank. You're trusting the bank to take care of the money you deposit or you're trusting that they're not going to gamble away your money like they might have in FTX. Um, so, and, you know, I think another defining feature is that if there's a group you have to trust to take care of your assets or what, you know, conduct a transaction, then it's probably centralized. But if it's a trustless, permissionless system, then it's definitely decentralized. I think you explained that really, really well. And I'm glad you brought up banks because that's kind of immediately where mine w- my mind was going to. So for people who are familiar with banks, I'm sure m- many of us are, if not all, um, that is, you know, ideal, not ideally, but um, w- what you would view a centralized system as or a centralized exchange. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. And so for Web3 and kind of the future, like what gets you most excited? Do you think moving towards decentralization will will help solve a lot of problems? And that's kind of why there's this push to do it? Or are there still, you know, certain aspects that you have to set regulations around and, and, and set policies on. Yeah. I mean, so it's a kind of a two faced coin. I think the more decentralized things get, the more exciting the space is for me, at least. I think there are so many opportunities and it's, you know, you can use your imagination to think of so many wonderful projects that could be used on a blockchain and I think that's where the promise of the technology is. It's just we haven't even thought of where it's going next. And some people can, you know, say, like, we're still in the early days, like we were in the early Internet. Who could have predicted Facebook and Instagram and Venmo when you only had AOL mail, right? So I think there's still so much to be done and that's unseen. And a lot of my job is making sure that there remains a space for builders and investors to be able to actually create what's coming next. So that's one part of it. But then there are things that already exist. And so I think there will be questions of how to protect users of those, you know, whatever services they are um, and trying to find where it makes sense to put in user protection. So I think for regulators and policymakers, that really comes into who can I regulate? Who can I get to make disclosures or um, put in other kind of consumer protection measures to make sure that if you're using, you know, say a front end, that the front end actually takes you to the protocol you're trying to use, right? Like you might not know that just because you don't code websites or, you know, whatever. Um, and to make sure that decentralized protocols are easily available to people, I think it's important. Um, so that's an area that we're definitely looking at. But the other thing is just where, you know, TradFi and CFI kind of merge in the crypto space and making sure that we understand that any kinds of regulations that are going to be put on centralized entities take into account the fact that they're using decentralized technology in a lot of ways. Um, So trying to figure out where it makes sense to put existing regulations if appropriate, but if not, then where to tailor them. That's awesome. For the listeners, TradFi and CFI, do you want to break those down? Yes. So TradFi is traditional finance. 
This would be anything like a big bank that you're already using, probably something that does not invest in crypto and does not use blockchain technology. So think of your JP Morgans, Goldman Sachs, Chase, I don't know, Bank of America, you name it. Whereas CFI is a centralized entity in the crypto space. I think they're closely related because they're both centralized and provide a lot of the same services, but C5 really does focus on the crypto area. So you can think of like an exchange, like a Coinbase or a Kraken would probably be considered C5. Um, whereas Wells Fargo, even though it does a little bit in the crypto space, it's mostly a traditional bank. So that's TradFi. How did you learn all of the different acronyms and terminology in this space? And do you have a, any tips for people who want to dive in and learn or favorite resources? Yeah. I mean, first of all, it takes time. I think for me, I didn't only have to learn the crypto jargon, but the finance jargon, which has been difficult. So all the types of derivatives there are and what types of securities laws there are. And I think the big thing is that you just need to take the time to understand two big concepts. The first one is how a blockchain works. And the second one is what is like decentralization and why it matters. I think if you can get those two things, you can really take a look at most projects in the space and have a really strong understanding of what it is they do, why they're exciting, or you know why you might find them interesting and worth investing in. Um, but without those things, I think it can become complicated to start to parse out the differences between projects or what they're actually aiming to do, why are they new and special or not. Um, and so for learning, you know, I think there are a few, I'm a, I'm a visual learner. And so I think it's important sometimes to like parse out the fact that not everyone's a visual learner. So there are some YouTube videos that I personally like about like what a blockchain is. And it mostly doesn't focus on like a blockchain, so to speak. It uses other examples of like decentralized record keeping as, you know, it kind of does it in reverse, I guess, to try to show you why a blockchain is important. Um, but other than that, there are some really great depositories of, or repositories, sorry, of information, including on the Coin Center website. And I think Coinbase now also has like a kind of 101 section and they provide really good articles. So if you're, you know, someone that likes to read, like those could be good options. And then I'm sure there are podcasts, but I am not much of an audio learner, so... <laughs> That's awesome. Well, for the audio learners who want the answer to what is decentralization, I will encourage them to rewind this episode because I think you did an awesome job of just uh, explaining that in, in an audio uh, learner's way. Um, I wanted to also back it up and just kind of ask how the Blockchain Association and the work that you guys are doing um, are, are you guys working directly with policymakers? Are you kind of alongside? Are you giving like solutions and strategies? Tell us a little bit about the, the work and the, the association and what, what you guys do and how you, um, you know, fit into the mold and, and the ecosystem of making these big decisions. Yeah. So first of all, we're a trade association. We have over 105 member companies. And what that means is the members, we represent the members and their interests on Capitol Hill and beyond, like in the greater Washington regulatory space. Um, what that looks like a lot of the time, 
there are a few main activities. We have a lobby, like a group of lobbyists who will actually go to the Hill and speak with, you know, members of Congress and senators and their staffers and try to understand, you know, where they're coming from, different directions, what their constituents are concerned about, what they're concerned about. Um, if they're on a committee that has jurisdiction over one of the potential crypto regulators, like Senate Banking oversees the SEC, Senate Agriculture oversees the CFTC, which is a financial regulator, even though you wouldn't expect agriculture to be in the same. It's because they regulate derivatives contracts, which have mostly been about like corn futures or like wheat futures. Um, so they work really closely with those, off, you know, the Senate staff and the congressional staff and try to just educate them one about they have concerns let's talk about what those are and if you're trying to do something to address one of those concerns like if you want to make a bill then let's make sure that you have a good understanding of the technology so that you don't do something you didn't mean to do which is I think an example that we saw on in the infrastructure bill that passed a year ago last summer and essentially they put in a provision they wanted to help pay you know, they call them pay fors. They wanted to increase tax revenue to help pay for the bill to offset how much it was going to cost in other areas of the budget. Um, and they decided to put in this provision about, you know, what a crypto provider would look like and how they would need to do information reporting for tax purposes. And long story short, they just got the they got the, the language wrong. It could include software developers, wallet providers. D5 protocol, you know, code writers. It's just like, all right, we need to pause and go back and just try to figure out where something went wrong because I don't, I don't think Congress meant to do that, oh but that's gosh. like a side effect. So a lot of our job is education um, and trying to fix bills from, you know, doing something like that again. We also write a lot of comment letters. So there's a law called the Administrative Procedures Act that applies to any kind of rulemaking process from regulators, and it gives the public an opportunity to respond to a proposed rule and say, here are our concerns, we think you didn't take XYZ into account, and then the regulator is, you know, obligated to respond to those comments and take them into consideration when passing the rule. So those are the two big buckets. There's kind of the Hill bucket, the regulatory bucket, and then the last one is that we've are you know looking more into litigation so does it make sense to sue a regulatory agency over something we've written a lot of amicus briefs recently so we support you know we want the courts to be educated when they're making their opinions as well so it's just kind of a lot of education i think is probably the bottom line is what we do that is huge and as you outlined incredibly important so <laughs> thank you for the work that you are doing if people want to get involved is there a way being as in association, can people get involved or would they have to get like an actual full-time job with the association? Um, I think they can get involved. We now have a sister entity uh, called the Block Blockchain Foundation, which is doing a lot of education and outreach. And that I think is much, I don't want to call it like retail focus, but it's just like for everyday people to get, be involved and engaged. I think that's definitely the best place to do it. Whereas the association, we're really member-driven, so we've got the member companies and we're representing them. That being said, we are hiring right now. We're looking <laughs> for interns and people to join the policy team and the communications team. So 
you know, feel free to look at, we have a jobs website, which is really great. And it has jobs from not only blockchain association, but all of our member companies, I think they're like 3000 jobs on there right now. Wow. So if people are interested in the space um, and not even necessarily like being a coder or being, you know, part of our team, but looking at, you know, just doing, I don't know, sales or HR, those jobs are on there too. So it's like a good, good place to look if you want to get more involved that way. That is an awesome nugget. I will be sure to link to that below for people who want to follow you specifically or the Blockchain Association and what you guys are up to. Uh, where should they go? Blockchain Association is definitely on Twitter and every other big outlet, except for Instagram. I don't think we have Instagram. Um, I think, I mean, I'm on Twitter, but I'm not a big Twitter personality. I would suggest you follow my boss, Jake Shravinsky, who's like a big Twitter personality, especially in the regulatory space. Um, a lot, he just kind of curates content really well. So I, he does all the hard work and then I can just scan his page for what's important on Twitter that day. <laughs> That's um, awesome. But I think those are probably the best two places to go. Perfect. We will link those out. And is there, is there anything that you want to add or wrap up with or anything that you're looking forward to besides exploring Iceland? <laughs> I would say the only thing is it's twofold. One, be patient with yourself. It takes a long time to learn this technology and the jargon and just stick with it. It will pay off. And the second thing is that you don't have to be like a crypto bro or, you know, have a whole bunch of NFTs in order to start being curious about the space and to bring people with you on your journey. Cause it's much easier to learn when you've got a buddy and you can like talk things out. You're like, so what did they mean by like a hash function? What is this cryptography thing? And having someone to bounce ideas off and, you know, kind of go through the process with you makes it a lot easier. I love that. Those are great tips. And my final question is, were you able to ever get your friend from Madagascar over here or to, or to connect with her and, and, and keep that, that story going? No, the U.S. Embassy denied her application for a visa. So bummer. she was not able to come, which was really a bummer. But she does now have a passport and a bank account because you need a passport for a bank account. So I'd say that's a success. I think so, too. I think it's incredible that you were able to help her in that way and that you were looking at it in, in that way. And that's what prompted you into this space. So just a little note to be kind and generous and you never know who you'll meet and what they'll inspire. So Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. Um, would love to catch up again sometime and yeah, I hope you have an amazing trip. Thanks and happy holidays, I guess. Well, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Sarah. Thanks. Thank you all so much for listening today. If you enjoyed today's guest and podcast, be sure to write, subscribe, comment, all the things, and definitely get in touch. I love to connect with y'all. I love to hear what you're working on, any feedback or comments. If you want to meet a guest, if you want to be a guest, just reach out. You can find me, your host, Carly Long, at by Carly Long on all social media platforms. You can subscribe to my weekly newsletter, which is also Women in Web 3, and you can follow along at Weld Recruiting. Be sure to let us know however we can support you, and we look forward to our next episode.